0: <laughs> the screen's black.
1: I know I can see it. What are you doing? You're already. <laughs> live uh, you're recording and you're yeah that's right it's christmas up. it doesn't matter it's chris it's the christmas season you know i gotta get all crazy when we start the podcast you get all, all crazy right. no one can okay. see that a lot of people listen online welcome to the show i'm dean that's a lachlan cross 957 cruise fm in edmonton it's close to the christmas season what are we the 19th 20th today is it the 19th yeah 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 yeah.
0: we're gonna try to do a couple of pods this week right yeah yeah we're gonna
1: keep it going we're gonna keep the the dream alive if you will um so just relax we're a little lazy fair today there is a little black on the screen because you can watch us on youtube everybody listeners my friendly listeners if you're listening to this on google apple spotify wherever (laughs) You can actually see this on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter as well. At it's Dean Blundell, the Crier Media on Twitter, Crier Media on YouTube, Dean Blundell Show on YouTube. So, to your point, just to explain to everybody, the screen was black.
0: Would you like me to go over the agenda? I would love it. Actually, means I don't. Have I got to. a short shower story. Okay. We're going to talk about homeless encampments.
1: Homeless encampments. Okay, I like that one. That's a good one. And
0: uh, McRib. Inside information. <clears throat> for our campaign. To have the Ontario brothers and sisters eat as many as possible to convince McDonald's Canada to roll it out right across the country worked, and it's coming uh, in February. I'm just writing an email. I don't know.
1: I don't know that I want to start anywhere else. So, there. I don't know that I want to start with shower stories. No, I want to talk. Okay. No, I want to talk about the McRib. Um, February first,
0: take the day off. We're planning that's something when, special.
1: That's when. So hold it, hold it. So. Everybody knows if you've been following this podcast, you know that Lachlan has been stumping and him and his crew grant Jimmy to keep the McRib across (laughs) Canada because they brought it back in select locations in Ontario. They were testing it. Yeah, you have a big listenership out here, right? Yeah. Because of this, because we podcast together. So a lot of your listeners are online, 957cruisefm.ca. Great plug. Nice to see you. And you've been campaigning for people to get the McRib. And I'm watching people on Twitter send you receipts of the McRibs that they're mm. buying, saying, Yeah, I've done it. I've done it for you, Locke. I've done it for you. I'm over here in Brampton, over here in Mississauga. It's working. I'm, in I'm doing it. So you're telling me you've got the inside scoop on an announcement on the McRib rolling across Canada. And you think it's the effort that you've been making?
0: Is that correct? We have spies. Of course it is. Why would they reach out to us? We have spies within the McDonald's organization that let yeah. us know that this is potentially coming down the pipe in February. And <laughs> for those of you who are curious about whether or not this was the secret that I was actually keeping from everybody, it's not the secret. The secret has something completely different. So it has something to do with something else. This McRib thing is just brand new. This is brand new information from today.
1: This is breaking news.
0: This is breaking news. We're gonna get the McRib right across the country, Dean. And I thank you for the help that you did on this on this effort. You know, I somehow think like listen,
1: I'm not saying that you aren't partially responsible for the popularity of the McRib. I've yeah. seen I've seen the McRib love all across the internet over the past like two, three weeks. <laughs> And I've seen you leading that charge for sure. I'm giving you tons of credit. And I don't think you realize probably how influential your campaign to roll out the McRib across Canada because of your love of loose meat sandwiches, which is well, (laughs) well documented here. Right. Yeah. But I don't think that you were totally responsible for. I think. Absolutely. We were. Don't crush our dreams. I think you were partially responsible. I don't think you. I don't think you were totally responsible. Okay. Well, I that's beside the fact. If it with.
0: is, if February first is the date, and that's what we're hearing, we are planning something. Like I said, did
1: you hear this from?
0: I can't tell you. It's like, well, of course you can. I can't give
1: up my sources, dude. You've already told me that the people from head office at McDonald's and head office, you've interviewed them on the show, so it's obviously someone at McDonald's head office that you've talked to, probably on
0: the show before, right? Listen, I'll tell you off off air. Why is
1: it a state secret? Is it yeah. like will someone die if you tell me? Because
0: they haven't announced it yet and we know it ahead of time. So we definitely this is not something McDonald's has said it. yet.
1: No, but I know, but my point is you're still announcing it even though they haven't announced it because you're announcing it on the show that the McRib is coming back. Yeah. You're doing an announcement of it on
0: February the 1st. No, 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 no. it that's hasn't been announced. You're announcing. That's, that's the date we're hearing that it's going to drop across the country
1: that they're going to roll it out across the country yeah. or they're going to announce that the
0: rollout is coming. No. You're going to be able to put one of these in your face hole on February 1st. Wow. Mm-hmm. I still won't.
1: Because yeah, you will. You no, will. I don't think don't I will. Don't even lie to me. I don't, don't even think try. I will.
0: Don't sit there and you know, get all I'm high and mighty on about the McRib? <laughs> Cuz no, it's not ribs. It's my point. I know you want one. I kind of do, but I won't have one. Yes, you will.
1: The one. It's funny. You're going to get stoned. Uh, smoke an ice <laughs> in go get a couple of McRibs.
0: Yeah. And, I can uh, like, see I, you punching three of those to your face. I, back in the day, I could have for sure. Back when I was just <laughs> chunking it out,
1: I would have loved to have had three McRibs. My all-time McDonald's. And by the way, I want don't sleep on the McLobster roll either. We need to bring those out. I get really sick and tired of all the people out east getting the McLobster roll. I know it's And we not get fair. fucked over. No, because I like lobster, too. <laughs> They're not the only people that like lobster in this country. We happen to like it just because they have a bunch of it out in Halifax. No, no. Stola what Scotia. we want to do, we want to take the high road here. We can't. No, no. Dude, you guys got the McRib. McRib for the, and, no, we don't have the McRib. You got it in Ontario. Five, McDonald's, five of them do. They've been testing that's, it.
0: That's fine. But you guys put in a solid effort ate the thing like crazy. And now the yeah. rest of the country is going to get it. I, I want to focus on the positive here. And the positive here right. is that Ontario did a good thing for the rest of the country. And generally we do we're all not the time. happy with you. Every four years we do
1: something for the rest of the country. We say no to the candidate that you want to be prime minister. And we put in the right. Person. So
0: you are saying we have no say.
1: Yeah, totally. We can't trust you. <laughs> are you watching what's happening in Alberta? Dude, your province is as much of a dumpster <laughs> fire as our province. But federally, we think a little bit differently out there. You guys are like one track mind. Wow,
0: well, well, we I would like to say this out loud before we get piece. down a path of 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 no return here. Okay, yeah, yeah. If you think that the Liberal Party is saving us all, then clearly, do we have you to are, talk about politics? Clearly, or? you are not making enough. You don't make money, and no, you don't take a look at your check every month. Oh, I do. And you haven't I, realized that you're never going to be able to retire. You'll get there. <laughs> Hey, listen. Can I tell my shower story? Yeah, please. Can you start off with
1: it? By the way, congrats on the McRib, dude. Let's just move on from Thank there. You. Way Thank to you. Thank you. More, yeah,
0: yeah. more in for in the new year. We'll have more information on the locker room about our plans <clears throat> around the uh, debut of the McRib here in Edmonton, Alberta, right. Canada. Okay, so land of the free. Um, I, I'm not a handy guy. I think that's been established. I think I've probably mentioned that more than a couple of times. And wow. whenever I Here's my problem with. Do you with, have a tool belt? I do, but I bought it as a joke because it turns my wife on. So when I do projects around the house, I put it on. Do you shirt sure cock it her with all, it on,
1: like you just wear a shirt, no pants, and just the tool belt? Shirt sure no, tool belt. No, it no, it doesn't
0: need. I don't need to be pantless to turn around. That actually might not work. Seeing my balls hang below it like that. Yeah.
1: Okay. So back back to the tool belt. Do you have a toolbox? Like, do you have I have a toolbox. Yeah, yeah, but you don't, you you don't, you're not the guy that, like, when you got to replace a toilet, you're like, honey, I'll do that. That's not happening
0: on a Saturday morning. You don't
1: have a, a vice grips and you don't have caulking. No, you don't have all. You, okay, good. Got it. No, no, yeah. no. I have okay. like
0: a couple of screwdrivers, a crescent wrench, maybe a hammer.
1: Do you, have, like, do you have one of those screwdrivers that's got every bit in the end of it? I got two of those. Oh, you got-
0: <laughs> I got an orange one and a blue one. <laughs>
1: That's a sign that you don't know what you're doing by I the way. You got have like clue. S- several of those. I have I got a socket of-
0: set, but I don't know what the hell anybody would ever use that thing for. I, you know, I have I,
1: two socket sets that were purchased for me by my ex-wife. I'm like, I, I, do I look like a mechanic? Like do I look yeah. like I'm going to get under the hood of a car?
0: I think one's imperial and one is like metric or something. I it, it doesn't matter. Okay. So hmm. I have tools, but I don't use them. And sure. and generally speaking, um whenever I start a project, the fir- one of the first things that happens is I find out that I don't have the tools I need to actually perform said um, said fixing projects. So I end up having to get somebody to help me anyway with more tools. I also have this handyman that we hire. His name is Dep- Dependable Dave. So he comes by and he'll fix whatever. I-, I got him coming back in the spring to fix an outdoor tap that isn't working properly. Blah, 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 is, blah. D- is,
1: is Dave Dependable or is that just a clever name for marketing purposes? Do you He's very he- dependable. Mm-hmm. He knew- Great name.
0: Massive, like he can do plumbing, he can do electrical, he can do a lot of different things. So he's a good guy, and he's not—he—he he doesn't should it, be multi-talented,
1: talented, dependable Dave. He needs—he's a another,
0: contractor, sure, i get right? It. Like, and and he went out on his own, decided to be his own boss, and it's working out for him. Um, he's—he's he's, that guy can do anything, right? Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, the opposite of us. he was here to fix my sink. Um, because I had a leak underneath the sink and I had an issue with the, and it doesn't matter. He fixed the sink. And I said, can you have a look at the shower upstairs? Um, because it's leaking and, and I I'm wondering what I need to do there. So he's like, no problem. So he takes it out, has a look, turns it on and it's spraying out of the top of it. Clearly it's got a leak. He goes, buy a new one of these, reattach it here and then put it back up on the on the ceiling. You should be fine, but if things go badly for you, call me. So we order one on Amazon. It shows up two days later, and guess what? You can't put it in the same way I put the other one in. Now I got to drill holes in it, okay? Oh, no. So I get my drill set out, which is like brand new. It's like 15 years old. It's brand new, and I'm looking at it, and going, "I guess this one. I'll try." So I put the old one on top of the new one. Terrible
1: mistake. Like I'm listening to you, and I'm getting anxious, right? Because I'm like, I'm just like you to the point where I'm like, I, I, "Listen, I'm going to try something." In no way am I qualified
0: to try. No, I don't even no, know what drill bits I never, have. Nothing, nothing. Has ever? Have you ever tried to do something where it just worked out? the way everyone said it was supposed to one out of 10
1: times. Yeah. Yeah. I try to do everything. It works out one out of 10 times and I'm always left over with like a leftover pieces. Every time I put something together, I'm like, what's this stuff for? And and someone invariably would go, you got to take it apart and put it back together. That's a really important piece. That's what I do. That's me. That's, that's how I, that's how handy I am. Not. Okay. So
0: the good news is the drilling goes. Okay. I actually managed to punch some holes in this thing and they look okay. And I'm like pretty proud of myself. There's holes in it. Now I might be able to screw this thing into the ceiling and it might actually work. So I get it up there and I turn it on and I swear to God, it's like dribbling on me. Like no water pressure at all. Yeah. And I'm like, well, we got a dud. How am I going to send it back? I've drilled holes in the damn thing. Like literally, if I hadn't had to drill holes in it, I would have put it back in the box and I would have driven to the store with the Amazon return thing, sent it back. And then they would have sent me another one. I would have had to drill hole like you know what I'm saying? Like it's just it's it's a mess. Okay. Sure. So I'm thinking I gotta I gotta do a little bit more research. Find out why this thing isn't. So my wife suggests to me. Take it back off. Maybe there's something inside of it like that you turn to get it to have. Like I'm telling you, the pressure was if I stood above you in the shower and peed on you, I'd have more water pressure coming out of my penis. Thank than, you. I
1: figured that's where it was coming from.
0: Yeah. Okay. And I it was useless. Completely sure. useless. Like yeah. you can't have a shower and that that like it was just dribbling. I get it. So I go, somebody of mine says, well, Google it and figure out what's wrong with it.
1: As always, the Dean Blundell show is brought to you by our friends at factcheck.io. Factcheck.io. Do you believe? The good people at Factcheck are a quorum of software professionals, psychological professionals, journalists And they use some of the finest software technology to be able to give you the advantage when it comes to getting agency back in your life when it comes to information that you read. Go to factcheck.io today for more information. Sign up for the beta test, F-A-K-T-C-H-E-K dot IO. The Dean Blundell Show is brought to you by factcheck.io. Factcheck.io, makers of the world's most comprehensive fact-checking software .io back to the show do you not cuz we went on the things ahead page. of time do you not like look go online or do you just eyeball shit that you're totally unqualified to You do? know
0: what you can go pound sand cuz i oh, know, no, know you no, don't not, no, even no, no. read instructions on anything and you just Dude, go about doing it
1: No I didn't you can tell me to pound Google. sand i want i'm just asking you a question about the process are you one of those guys like no. me I, I used to be this way where I would go I'd kind of eyeball a little package. Maybe it's a light fixture. Maybe it's a fan. And I would go, ah, fuck. We'll just kind of figure it out. We'll look at it. I don't need no, to. No, I'm, I'm that guy. I'm that guy. I don't look at the instructions. I, I am not that guy anymore. And it's helped me invariably. So you need to start Googling shit and getting things ready before you actually. I don't do think them, of it. Anyways. It's not the first thing I think
0: of. Right. Like if well, you're like a learning millennial how to do what you're going first- to do
1: should be the first thing you think of. That's my point. No, I, I plow forward. <laughs>
0: I've been like that my whole life. Continue. Sorry. Okay. Now it so makes a more sense. it forward. Your friend, friend of mine goes. Why don't you it Google it? Go on the web page. Google it. So we go on the web page. There's nothing on this this Chrome web page to indicate that there's like this is a common problem. Blah blah. blah. Is there a YouTube video? Did you Google a YouTube video on it? That's where I'm going. Thank okay. you. Okay. Very good. So I YouTube it, and this guy comes on and he's like, "Hey." If you've got this type of a unit and the water pressure is really bad, there's been government policies put in place to save us all with water pressure. And they put these little units in that suppress the, the flow of water from these showers. Okay. Now, you would think that it was on the box or on the webpage or something to warn people that by the way, if Locke came over and stood above you, he'd have better pressure coming out of his penis. Penis, yeah. You'd think that there would be something like that on the web page. No, it's not nothing, no indication at all. So now these companies are forced to put these little things in, which by the way, are not that difficult to take out. So this guy shows me how to remove it. I put it in, boom. I've got this. Here's the point that I wanted to make about it. Does One, it work? Does it work now? It works beautifully. There's
1: a governor inside the thing that if you, if it has too much pressure, it spins, right. And it prevents the water from coming through your, your rain shower. Cause rain shower shower heads, like the overhead rain shower, shower they kick out a lot of jam. Right. And so yeah. the government's like, whoa, we don't want you. Sh- we don't want you enjoying your shower that much. Yes. This happens in Canada. We think you're using too much water when you're cleaning yourself. So we're going to nanny state the fuck out of some of these things. And we're going to make sure that you don't get great water pressure in my understanding. Because this is where I think you're going with it. Yeah, like you're going to go down the road of like the government is now in my shower. Correct.
0: Judge me if you want. I pulled that regulator out and the shower works beautifully. Now, I'm here's not the judging point. you. I agree here's, with you. Here's the point I want to make. If you're going to make a decision like that, you better have that thing in your shower. Like, I'm checking your shower. If, you, if you're a member of the government, I want to find out what kind of water pressure you have. I'm flying to your damn house, and I'm checking on it. Because you're telling me Justin washes his hair with dribbling water from the ceiling? Absolutely he doesn't. No. He's got the
1: full-on rain shower. It uses yeah. 12,000 gallons a minute. Yeah. It's like a exactly. waterfall. He basically showers under a waterfall. And the water's probably made out of, like, holy water.
0: Anyway, if I mean, I was able to find this information out. So if you if you're putting a new shower head in, it's red or blue from the YouTube page that I and it actually if you just get in there with a screwdriver and turn it and you grab it with needle nose pliers pops out, you're you're good to go You're showering. You're having a great shower. You're going to enjoy
1: it. I I can't believe that. that. I'll tell you something a long way to get to why is the government regulating my water pressure when I'm in the shower? A long way to get to it. But to your point, I find it fucking unbelievable that the government wants to be in our showers that wants to prevent us. Like, Well, we think Like, I get it. I want to do the right thing, too. But you can't have you been to the Bay of Fundy like it's fucking full of water like we're surrounded by it. We got the Great Lakes like right here. We're not running out of water anytime soon. Relax, everybody. We can use the water. We can shower a little longer if we want. Uh, conserve, water, conserve water. Conserve water. There's a lot water. of things we
0: could do, Dean. To your point, that yeah. we, you know, that would help out the environment. I, I don't know if regulating shower pressure. Like I, it, I would have. The thing is, I would have need to stand in that shower for 15 minutes longer to get the soap off of me with h- how limited the water pressure was. Right, it's humanity. Like, it, when the, the thing is, like the unintended consequence of these decisions, it's just it's it pisses you off. It's mind-boggling. You know what else?
1: I'll tell you something. Let us let, let's, let's. You want to talk about redundancy? You want to talk about like what doesn't make any sense? That makes no sense, by the way. No. And I'm on board with your like, hey, the government. Thank you, thank you. My rain shower. Yeah, but I watched it happened in Toronto a couple of weeks ago. Happened in Hamilton. Isn't happening in Vancouver, which is wild because it's like an epidemic there. Ten cities happened in your town the other day. And it's- there. Well, I'll tell you what
0: happened in Edmonton, but go yeah, on. Yeah, I want to
1: know. Because um, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. It's tis the season. We're supposed to be judicious. We're supposed to be kind. We're supposed to be helping people. There are people out there you're never going to get in a house, like ever, right? And they live in tents, and they live outside. They don't give a fuck, right? And so these people sometimes get together, like, let's build a series of tents, and let's put it over here. And because it's an sort of people, which I get, because it's somewhat dangerous, which I also get, Uh, Right before the holidays, so in the last two weeks, across Canada, they're mowing down these homeless encampments and literally forcing people off the streets. And these are people that they're unwilling to help anyway, who figured it out on their own. And I need to know what what happened in Edmonton, because the Edmonton one was specifically brutal, if I'm not mistaken. We've had Mm. some brutal... You know, in encampment raisings here over the past couple of years, where like fifty cops go in, they beat the shit out of everybody, they rip everything down, and they really the oh yeah, dude, they cite fire hazards. What's a fire hazard? I get it. I totally understand that there are fire Mm -hmm. hazards there, and like you know, if you're not if you don't give a shit about your personal hygiene or where you sleep, you probably don't care where you're getting your oil and gas from. You know what I mean? If you're, you're you need it to heat. But what happened in Edmonton to make it specifically brutal the other day?
0: Well, there is actually a good news element to it. So and I, and I don't want to mess this story up, but from my understanding, the the plan was the poli- the city of Edmonton and the uh the, the the police sat down and they devised a plan and they were going to go and I don't think they were going to take them all down. I think they were going to take down Like, I don't know if there's a hundred of them, they were going to take down 50 of these these encampments. Um, And I I don't know if that's even the number. Yeah. What ended up happening was somebody who realized that this was a bad idea contacted the um, the mustard seed and a couple of other organizations that are sort of on the ground level here in Edmonton with providing support the homeless population in, in, in Edmonton. Everybody has a food bank. So there was like three or four organizations that got a letter, anonymous letter from somebody from the city that said, this is what's happening. And I, I'm, I just thought that you guys should be aware because it might end up, you know, increasing what you guys already do. So then it got into the press that they were planning this and it was supposed to happen this week, I think. Mm-hmm. And so somebody, a lawyer in town went and took an injunction and had, had like an emergency sort of legal, like involvement in it mm-hmm. and got a judge involved. And a judge has sat down with all sides, including the, the, thank God for this lawyer, sat down with all sides and said, you can't. You can't just go and tear down their, their homes. Like I, I don't know what the decision was, but from what I understand is they're trying to come up with like a, like a secondary, if they're going to remove some of them, there's going to be a plan to put the homeless somewhere else.
1: Right. Yeah, George ordered a slowdown of the homeless camp removals to your point. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and, and, and said, hey, listen, and you can't just tear them down. You have to have, there has to be something to, to follow it, you know, like a follow up. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the problem with this conversation is, is they always, they always have this, it's for their own safety bullshit. Right. What, where they're staying isn't safe. Um and I don't know what the answer is, but I don't think it's tearing down all of their 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 where they actually are living in the month of December. Like it just it's- uh, This is again. This is what I was referring to. Like I get it. I
1: know that that certain aspects of homelessness are very unsafe, right? I get that. I get that living on the street is not safe in the middle of yeah. the winter, depending where you are. I get it. But if that's the case, and the city believes that across the board, why are we doing it in the fucking heat of winter? Like, why are we doing it now when they're somewhat settled? I get it. Why are we not taking? And here's the other thing. You know, we're drilling money into all kinds of other pieces of infrastructure, different city plans stuff like that. that. Hundreds of millions of dollars for this. 70 million for that. 400 million for this. In Toronto, we're gifting people uh, 500,000 fucking parking spots to the tune of 200 million dollars because they want to open up a casino and, and a spa. And tax we just wrote a check for it out of taxpayers for future earnings. We're going to do that. Hundreds of millions of dollars, hundreds of millions for a spa. Then they go and they rip down a whole bunch of tents, ten cities. And there's about, I don't know, 10,000 refugees literally living in churches in this city because homeless shelters are packed. And we're tearing down like the very few minuscule places that these people can live in. Where they've been able to source like some kind of warmth or some kind of shelter, and we're doing it in the middle. Meanwhile, you're like, "Fuck! Why don't we just take like carve out a portion of what we were going to steal from Ontarians and develop some kind of system that helps these people who want to be helped, the people who want to get off the streets, people, yeah. refugees? Why don't we do That's that?" Good point. And everybody goes, well, I, "I don't want my money going to that. That's unsexy, right? That's not cool." Let's give it to something else. Let's do something else. with it. Let's make my taxes cheaper. And you point to it as a citizen or individual, a human being, where you go, no, 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 no. That's a terrible idea. It's a terrible idea to yeah. not end homelessness in this country, which we are completely capable of doing. Right. There are outliers. A lot of people will go, well, just get them off the streets. They're doing drugs. It's illegal. Get them No, no, there are outliers. Addiction is an outlier. You've got people out there that are so mentally unwell that that, there's just no way they're going to say yes to some kind Mm -hmm. of rehabilitative living situation or job or putting together a resume or getting into chef school, whatever it is that might make their their lives better. They just are not going to do it. That's Mm -hmm. a mental health issue. We should develop a stream for them as well. Mm -hmm. But you're going to have to accept the fact in this country, that we look at homelessness at some point, Canadians, and it doesn't matter who the fucking government is, because every government does it to homeless people. We just don't give a shit about the
0: homeless population in and this it's awful. country. It's awful. I, 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 I can't understand how anybody from any city council would arrive at the decision to just remove camps without any sort of follow up plan on on, on how to accommodate them. It just, it's completely maddening to me that I would be like, yay. Yeah. Count my vote in. Yeah. Let the police, it just, it's absolutely unbelievable to me that you can go to bed at night knowing you made that decision. I, I I was disgusted. I I couldn't believe it. I'm I'm on vacation. I'm not I'm not working right now. I've got a couple of weeks off here, and that I heard that story, and I was just I was sick to my stomach. Mm-hmm. It's so awful. Like, listen, I don't know what the answer is, and I and we've had it, we've had conversations with people about the homeless issue in in Edmonton. Yeah, and the, one of the first things they will tell you is that the problem with it is and you 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 sort of touched on it it's multi faceted yeah there are a myriad Was. of reasons why somebody chooses to live on the street and you can't just, there isn't a silver bullet solution to and a fix-all. So I Yeah, get- you can't
1: just go in there with a whole bunch of jobs and go, okay, you get a job, you get a job, you get a job, and yeah. you're going to be great.
0: You can't go in there and go, okay, we're
1: going to send you to rehab, and after rehab, you're going to be fine, and then you get a job, and you get a job, and you get a job, and then we're going to give you a house, and everything's going to be great. It's not how it works. Like I said, you've got addiction issues, you've got mental health yeah. issues, you've yeah. got people who just are not going to want to do it. But to your point, the judge in the Edmonton situation, Heard arguments on Friday, and Monday, and he's doing the right thing where he's saying, hey, listen, here's the deal. These are conditions that you need to meet before clearing a site. Police and city staff must find out if there's enough shelter or other indoor spaces available to accept the people who are getting displaced. So, hey, where are we sending these people? That's a consideration before you clear anything out. Uh, Edmonton Police Service must consider the weather and harms of exposing people to the weather before making a closure decision. To your point, it's the fucking middle of winter. As soon as the site is identified for closure, the city is going to notify several social agencies that offer services and support to people who are homeless. Again, put people on high alert that deal with these issues. Encampment residents are going to get forty-eight hours' notice instead of a bulldozer and a bunch of cops with bully sticks.
0: And none of this was going to happen no. until somebody from the legal side of things stepped in and 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 made the decision, right? Like, yeah, made the decision for them. These are human yes, beings. They're not. They're not.
1: They're not like garage sale items that you just fucking pick up with a front end loader oh, and you dump. So um, bad. So the bad. Other, the other condition must not affect Edmonton Fire Rescue Services or EMS's ability to intervene and serve this population, whatever that means I'm not too I sure. I think the that's that's that's
0: okay. where they're coming from, right? Like the city it, yeah. of Edmonton is like these aren't safe. These places aren't safe. Yes, they're they're not safe, but are you making their lives safer by tearing down any shelter even the the semblance of shelter that they do have. No, so I I went to the, do
1: you remember occupy the occupy movement about 10 years ago, occupy Toronto, occupy New York, all these people mad at big business. We're going to occupy public parks. So there was a big one in, in Toronto. And we went down and covered it one night. And as part of this radio thing that we were doing. So we go there and it's like literally maybe a hundred tents, uh, varying sizes, kind of lean to structures and, you know, cool little things that these people built. It was like this little city with commerce. They had a sweat lodge in there. They had a place you could get a fresh juice. You could get like, their bottled water. There was a couple of snack shacks. That. They were doing beaver tails. And I'm like, it's fucking, it's his own little spot here. This is incredibly like garbage and recycling set out. It's Toronto. So even the homeless people are a little bit hipster douchey. Um, but they, it was, it, was, it was incredible. And I'm like, oh, this is cool. It was like three weeks in. And sure, did you see a bunch of tweakers? A hundred percent. Saw a bunch of people doing a little bit of that. But by and large, it was like, oh, this is just a group of people that have nowhere to live that set up and know what they're doing. They're like urban camping specialists, right, where they figure it out because they have to. Those people will be fine there during the winter. And if the Edmonton Police Service, Toronto Police Service or any other city that's raising these encampments thinks it's a better idea to go scare the shit out of them, tear these places down and give them no place to go. Fend for your fucking selves. Well, that's why they're there in the first place. That's why they're there. And you're just yeah. starting them at zero, making them more desperate again, to your point. And it's yeah.
0: it's and again, like I said, I, I I have trouble with this conversation because I um I feel like when you when you wade into these waters, you should at least have some sort of Idea about what to do, and and, and I'm a, I'm at a loss. Right outside of you know having the resources, putting money towards people that specialize in this mm-hmm. and deal with everybody individually. I I think a big part of it is is empowerment. I, I think you have to. I I don't think the handouts are necessarily the answer. Like, we're going to give you a free place. We're going to give you a free this, free that, free... I think you got to give these people a purpose. Yeah. Um. And I, every story I've heard about somebody coming out of the other end of this, like getting, you know, off drugs, off the street, there was somebody in their lives that said, you know what, listen, I'm going to help you. I'm going to give you this, but I want you to actually work for it. And then that person had a purpose and, and I'm not sure what that looks like. I don't know how you take that and, and make that this massive sort of fix all for homelessness, but I think it's at least a conversation, right? D- well, do I think we it have starts with some empathy, could, right? Like well, I think that's the thing there.
1: that, well, dude, What do we got in Canada, 521,000 people living with mental illness inadequately housed. Uh, 119, 120,000 are homeless. So you got people going between homes, right? 520, 521,000. Then you got people who are on the streets in Canada. That number is about 120,000. And of those 120,000, you have dozens of different psychopathies, right? You've got addiction. You got mental health. You've got mental illness, emotional illness. You've got everything from schizophrenia to bipolar. You've got uh, people with multiple, multiple personalities. Like, you've got it all. You've got it all. And so when you're talking about dealing with homelessness, it's not just about getting these people into a house, right? Because free will exists with those people, too. And when your mind is poisoned by drugs, mental illness, emotional illness, whatever the situation is, you're not making a reasoned decision that's in your best interest. That's why you're there. So that work is Herculean on yeah. an individual
0: level. And if you're yeah. going
1: to take that to 120,000 people.
0: And they're probably about 30, 40% off because every one of these municipalities lies about their homelessness numbers. Totally. Absolutely. 100%. We, I, totally. I know a guy in town that does a weekly thing. Um, and what they do is he's got a group of people and they go around different sections of the city and they have little packs that they give the homeless population. So they'll, they'll take them like, they'll have a bag and they'll, they'll have a, you know, a meal in there. They'll have a bottle of water. They'll have a toothbrush. They'll have, you know, whatever. And they put these little packs together and there's like 20, 30, 40 of them. And they hit the, the river Valley and they'll, they'll, they'll deliver them to the people that want them. And you know what, he'll sit down and have a smoke and a conversation with, with, you know, a couple of guys. Right. Um, And every time they release the new numbers, he is so angry. This man is like, they're lying. They're lying. They're saying right now that it's 3,000 up 500 from last year. He's like, they're 50% off. He, he thinks he thinks
1: they're dummying the numbers by, he thinks they're pulling a Russia. They probably are. I mean, every city does. Every city yeah. lies about how bad things are in their city, right? You can see when you go downtown, like when you go downtown Toronto, you can clearly see when you get on there the There's no way
0: there's 3,000 people in this no. city that are homeless. It's, well, dude, it's, yeah, it's closer River to five or six. What did,
1: well, that was what you said. The Edmonton River Valley was a couple of years ago. There's like a 1, homeless encampment. 1,500 people living in there, right? Yeah, that was two years sure. ago. 1,500. Guy yeah. goes there with 1,000 sandwiches. He still needs 500, can't feed people, gives people like what he can. Yeah. And he's and that guy would know. The dude, your boy, would know how many people, the guy who's working with him would well, know. Well, and we don't have lives. enough
0: people like that guy that are like on the ground doing that. Like that's that's tough work, right? Yeah. Yeah. I I think, I think empathy, you got to start with that and tearing down, you know, homeless encampments is not, is not a form of empathy that I think anybody would be proud of. No. Um, And, and, and I, I'm disgusted with our, with the city of Edmonton, our, our counselors, if you guys played a part in that, like have a long, hard look. I hope you guys see this, have a long, hard look in the mirror. If you were part of that decision, like, come on, like, what is wrong with you? How do you get? How do you arrive there? Like, the I don't understand. Like,
1: what's the public reaction been like in Edmonton since it oh, started? People because are
0: disgusted. I, but we're the out majority of majority
1: of people, or do you have anybody going? Yeah, it's about time we got rid of that eyesore.
0: There okay. is that. Yeah. There's going to be that, and I understand it. I mean, I, I understand. Too, but where is it
1: weighted? Is it like are more people outraged? Is that why you're seeing? the response,
0: know. the legal response that we've seen. I, well, that was one individual was so disgusted that they they're the ones one lawyer stepped in with an injunction and said no 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 you guys got to think about this stop what are you doing um and then a judge got a hold of it and then you you released the information i think that was on friday thursday or friday somebody stepped in front of it friday friday because it was supposed to happen this week and it wasn't an it wasn't something they were advertising like i went on their twitter i went like looked a week back on the city of Edmonton Twitter and it wasn't like something they said, Hey, by the way, on Wednesday, next week, we're going to be bulldozing all the homeless encampments and they've done this before. And I know other cities have, and, and, um, they do it in Toronto,
1: dude. They did it like a couple of months ago where they were, they, they literally, uh, and there was a fire at one of the homeless encampments, right? Nobody died. I don't think. Uh, but everybody freaked out. People in the neighborhood freaked out. They were tired, which I also understand, right? Like it's, yeah. you buy a house in a nice neighborhood and you know, the nice I get all that. park behind your house, you've got 400 vagrants, there, you know, cooking in the backyard at like four o'clock in the morning, throwing their, you know, shitty toilet paper, whatever they wipe their ass with over the fence. That was a buddy of mine, uh, backed onto an area close to Moss park where there was a massive encampment. And he's like, dude. I find hypodermic needles. I find condoms, yeah. which is unbelievable that these people. Uh, I actually get all use that Like seriously,
0: that's not safe. You're you're, no. you're right. Like our apartment that we own in Winnipeg, um, we had a call from. We have a like a parking spot with it, and we yeah. had a note from the tenant, and there they sent me a note saying, "Is there anything you can do? Because there's somebody living in a tree right in front of my parking spot." I mean, I've seen it in my neighborhood. What do you mean?
1: Like they built a tree house?
0: Yeah. They're living right in front of
1: those are people. I kind of, does part of you sort of respect the ingenuity of the homeless people? Like they, they don't really give a fuck. Some certain people are like, I don't know. I was an engineer. I can build a tree house and I can live in that fucking thing all year long. Yeah. Like the people that make it through winter on like grates near the Eaton Center, like you minus 40, minus 30, minus 20 you're kind of heroic that way. Like, do you know how many people I've you're seen living around- in
0: Winnipeg yeah. and you're homeless? <laughs> you're like, tough. you're, a, you're a tough bastard. Yes. Here's the other thing too. The first thing I thought I was in Vancouver visiting uh, my family last weekend. And, um, I, I saw this one homeless and you see a lot of homeless people. I, I'm like, I was witnessing somebody sleeping like literally 13, 14 feet away from me without a pillow. I'm like, there's no, and I, and this is kind of a weak thing to say, but I, that was my thought. I was like, I love my pillow. I don't know if I could go to sleep at night without my pillow. And these homeless people have like (laughs) nothing, nothing, nothing. And
1: they're on the, they're on sleeping under a walk. Yeah. 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 They've got like maybe a shoe for a pillow or nothing at all. And then they just get up and they make it happen the next day. That's how weak I am. T- Dude, me too. Me too. Like I think that all the time when I see guys that or girls who live on the street, and it's like January the fifteenth, and yeah. it's minus twenty, and they're they're pulling this giant cart of shit, and they're like, yeah, whatever, man, I made it through another night. Like that is there is something they, they are made of shit. Like when we we look at those people and we think, oh, these are the outcasts of society. They're the toughest fucking human beings in Canada. Yeah, if you well, can survive a winter on the streets of a Canadian
0: city from like. November to March, you've got my respect. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You know what? I think the other thing we need to evaluate too is is how our our medical system is um, is prescribing pills. Like, I think the drug issues probably one of the like if you if you're trying to do a percentage of the of the homelessness population. I think that the drug issue is, is a big part of it. And a lot of, a lot of people get there by, you know, spraining their ankle when they're 25 and getting put on pills and then going down a road for 10, 50. Like, I think we have to reevaluate how yeah. we go about prescribing medications to people in this country and 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 i think that that'd be a decent start maybe yeah right i read you a stat. See, you see show go ahead i want your staff heard. one in four like you can take an opioid yeah put it in front of four people one of them is an addict
1: one in love four. that yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah and not not every one of the four ends up living in a car and losing their like job and marriage and, but there's a percentage of that one in four that goes down a path that is of hopelessness, yeah. right? Like yeah. and just on control. And you know, if that's the case. If we know that, if those are actually real numbers, mm-hmm. maybe we should think about what we they put are. in front of people before, you know, like to
1: try to help him dude it, this is one of my biggest problems so and i know it, it's probably a good place to kind of wrap up in the next several minutes but you know this is the season right this is the season where everybody gets like 12 bell hammered 3 to 4 nights a week right you got christmas parties you've got eggnog with the wife at home you might crack an extra bottle of wine it's the drinking season we all know that my phone has not stopped ringing because you know I work with guys who want to quit drinking, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of the things I do which I really love. Like I love the fact that my experience might be able to help somebody else go from being super miserable to being happy. That well, and makes I me I, I will
0: say this. I I'm going to jump in here because I think you have a interesting approach to it and I and and I I think there's actually a a larger conversation based on how you deal with your friends that have these types of issues. And you and I have talked about this and you've told me about how you deal with them. And, and I, I think it's, you're very honest. You're, you don't bullshit anybody. You you tell it straight up and you also tell them that if they're not ready to, to make a change, keep going. Yeah. Keep drinking. There's, there's no reason for you to
1: stop drinking, but like, dude, I got four phone calls yesterday, one from a gentleman that I work with and three guys that I've never met before. Hey, you got to help me. Need some help. Like, sure. Yeah. I'm happy to help you. I'll talk to you about it anytime. Let's we'll set up a time, uh, maybe in the new year we can sit and shoot shit. No, I need to see you now. Two guys were like, no, I need to come and see you now. And I'm like, well, I can't now, <laughs> but we can today. So I met with one of them this morning. I'll meet with another guy tomorrow night. Um, this is, you know, and I hear it a lot from people. And if you listen to the Smartless podcast with Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, uh, if you listen to that, all all of those guys are now sober. Sean Hayes. None of, them, none of them drink Sean Hayes.
0: Well, I think um, I think Will we'll sober and Jason. I don't know what Jason is. I think he's sober I, too now. I think they're I, all basically sober. Yeah. yeah oh yeah, really? Yeah. yeah. I think Jay Jason's had a different path than Will, though.
1: Yeah, he has. Uh, Will was a hopeless alcoholic. Took some, you know, he stopped drinking for a long time. Went back and started drinking again after he got his divorce. Jason now just he-
0: really like cocaine.
1: Yeah, he was a big fan. <laughs> 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 and hey, dude, I don't judge a guy. If you like coke, do coke. I don't care. I don't care what you do. I don't care what you do. I don't care what you. I had a taste of it years
0: ago, and I was like, yeah, that's. Uh, I need to stop that's this right now because it's so I awesome. Should not. <laughs> but listen, I am a, a fan path. of. That's a bad path for a locker.
1: As someone who's sober, I'm a fan of drugs and alcohol. I think people should be allowed to do and try drugs. I think you should be allowed to do whatever you want. Yeah. But I also think that if you don't have the tools to manage your life, you should stay the fuck away from as long as humanly possible. Or at least figure out what your schedule's like before you start doing it. But it doesn't matter. A lot of people will drink for a couple of reasons. A lot of people will do drugs for a couple of reasons, but there's one real reason that everybody does it. It's to feel different, right? It's not, it's, 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 it's to not be here. It's to go, I need to get out of my head. I need to celebrate. Let's get drunk. Let's do a couple of bumps. Let's smoke a huge joint. By the way, I don't think uh, cannabis is a drug. So let's just take that right out of the conversation. Yeah, no, it's it's clearly not a drug. No, it's not. It's not at all. And it makes lemon, everything lemon poppy seed t- cake taste delicious. Um, and the McRib. And the McRib. Yeah. I might actually eat a McRib if I smoke a joint. But um, there are different varieties of sobriety too, right? And, and the one thing I would, I would share. You're with California this, sober. I, it's what they call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't mind some cannabis from time to time. Um, there's one thing that people people ask themselves this season. They ask themselves, especially if they drink all the time. Is why am I doing this? You're doing this because you don't want to be here, dude. Like, that's why you, you want to do escape. It. Yeah. You want to get the fuck out of your head. You want to numb whatever it is you're thinking. Your mind's racing, negative thought processes, the way you were born, going through a divorce, marriage, kids, life, work, all that stuff. It becomes so overwhelming. And the people that don't deal with it well are the people that don't deal with stress well. It's a very, very simple thing to understand. Yeah. And I want to say something to all of those people out there that are listening to this that are watching this. It's okay. It's okay. You're going to be okay if you go and look for answers as to what it is that makes you drink, what it is that makes you do drugs, what it is that makes you not want to be present. But you that's, have to get there. You have to figure it out. But no one else can do it, to your yeah. point, right? Yeah. And, and that's so, the other thing
0: that I know that you 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 sort of preach is that you got to get there on your own. Like, absolutely. And, and when someone's shit
1: works no no dude i was at like maybe the worst intervention i've ever been to a few months ago everybody's like we love you we want you to change and then they started yelling at him then they started telling him that he's the worst and then they started telling him. i'm like oh yeah well let's, let's see how this goes yeah. so within about 40 minutes the guy's like you people want me to get better but you treat me like shit and i'm like he just said the quiet part out loud exactly Let's what go are for you a people drink. doing with this guy? So I take him out of the garage, and I'm like, dude, listen. For a drink. Yeah, let's go for a pint. <laughs> let's let's go get, do a couple lines and have about 12 vodka sodas. Um. No, I said to him, hey, listen, dude. This is about you. It's not about them, right? You can see the damage that's going on that you've done to yourself and how it concerns those people because they love you. That's one thing you got to remember. You got to see through all the shit. But if you're not ready to do it. Yeah. It's a pointless exercise, but your relationships are going to suffer, continue to suffer. People aren't going to trust you. People are going to move away from you. You're going to find yourself lonely. These are the consequences of what you're doing. He's like, yeah, I'm not ready to quit. I'm like, no problem. Do whatever you want. I gave him a high five, wishing him happy trails. He's in a home now. He's in hospice because he was like, "Ah, got nothing. So he fried his brain in the four or five months because he wasn't ready. He didn't want to do it. But that's his prerogative. Does part of me feel sad for people like that? Yeah, dude, of course it does. Of course it does. We could all be that
0: person. There's a lot of people that just can't. They can't get off. They don't want to.
2: And
1: you know medical. what? Here's the thing. You, people will say, uh, that's not okay, Dean. And I'm like, of course it's not according to our standards, according to the standards we live by. But that, that's what that person wanted. And it's literally like suicidal, and it's a crazy thing to talk about in this podcast. But that's what it is. You want to make a decision to do that. You're aware of the consequences. That is what is going to happen. And I will give you a high five on the way out because if that is how you want to live your life. Great, but there's nothing there. And I'm here to tell everybody that has that problem that thinks that there's no way out. There is nothing there if you keep going the way you're going. So, but you if need you can, to go and if that you out. can,
0: if you can figure out one like. Why? So you focus to focus on either. one, one aspect of, of the, you know, of the journey that, you know, that you can just sort of grab onto, then that's, you know, but that, that guy's got to get there himself, right? Unfortunately, I think a lot of this has to do with who we choose to surround ourselves with, right? That's
1: huge. Yeah. You know,
0: and you, you end up in these, um, these toxic relationships that you can't control, Mm-hmm. and you can't get out of um and sometimes unfortunately it might be somebody really really close to you it could be it could be a parent right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it could be a sibling it could be uh, there's you know there's there's a lot of people that are caught up in these environments socially that i think send them down a path that you know that they're they just they that you you can't they stop. want to escape yeah they want to get well, away from the people in their lives. Well, and and right? do you think about
1: think about it in terms of like, you know, if you're an unhappy person and you're in a bad marriage, you're unhappy at home. Yeah. You go to your work. You're unhappy at work. Of course, when you're awake, you're going to want to drink or not be here. That's yeah. how we're taught to self-medicate. Get back to the medication, which you pointed out earlier. Go to the doctor. You're like, I'm feeling just a little bit sad. They don't go, well, maybe you should do some cognitive behavioral therapy. Maybe you should go to the gym. Maybe you should do these things. They're like, I'll give you these pills. Take these. We got to stop. look on television and you're watching TV and you're like, hey, tonight, it's a great time to have a Bud Light with all your friends, which it is. Enjoy Bud Light. I don't care. But you're told that it's a great time to do that. In advertising, you'll see it. Get together and share a bottle of this with your friends. If someone someone dies, if someone celebrates, if someone wins, if someone loses, there's booze attached to those things. We're legitimately taught that you can put things in yourself that will fix things. Mm -hmm. Never works. Dude, it never works. It works for a while until it stops working. And so there's a lot of people this holiday season that are going to be experiencing that malaise. And it's because you're not dealing with the shit in your life. And I would highly encourage everybody to do it on a daily basis, dude. Like it's something that you can't run away from. If you want to be a happy person, you got to make happier decisions. You want to make a better person, you got to make better decisions. Is it a great decision to do a bunch of coke, get super hammered three, four nights of the week? No, because your physiology is going to suffer. Your mind's going to suffer. Your entire being is going to suffer. And you're not going to learn anything about going through life, right? You're not present. You're not here for those things. Mm -hmm. And if there's one thing I know, and I would encourage everybody this holiday season, <clears throat> to be present, to be mindful of, of your circumstances. And if you are incapable of doing it and you need to drink or you need to do drugs just to be here, that is a problem. And I would encourage you to look into it, not to, not to beat yourself up. Don't get angry. But if you're looking for, am I in trouble? If you're looking for someone to, to give you what that is? yeah, if you're doing it because the thought of not doing it in certain groups or circumstances in your life are just too much for you to handle. And you think I need to be drunk to get through X, or I need to do some bumps to get through Y you need to look into it because I can guarantee you will be a much happier person if you do. And you're the only person who can.
0: There is an element of, of drinking though, that, that needs to be explored here too, right? We've had your, your side. Let me, let me share a quote from one of my Favorite drunks of all time. Shane McGowan, the Pogues who recently passed away, mm-hmm. um was being interviewed, and the person interviewing him said, Are you guys better sober? And Shane McGowan said, Absolutely. We're great sober, but it's not as much fun. So we get drunk.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen. I totally understand that. I'm, ta- I'm not talking to those people. Those people are fine. You're you're in the Shane M- Shane, uh, McGowan- Shane McGowan Pogue's conversation. That's you. I'm not talking to
0: those people. He's a hundred percent right.
1: Concerts are way more fun when you're blitzed. <laughs>
0: they are. It's probably one remember? of my favorite drunk guy quotes of all time. Yeah. Are you better when you're sober? hundred percent. We're good. Hard. We're a great band. <laughs> dude thanks for doing this great to see you today yeah that was fun it would have been way funner live but dude people are gonna hear this live it doesn't matter yeah Not way i get, more it. Fun live. I get yeah, it yeah
1: you're gonna be fine hey thanks by the way
0: stay i'll keep you guys posted on the mcrib being rolled out all right uh, yeah I'll, Yeah. i'll tell that's you great. more and okay. are we doing this again yeah we're doing do another one
1: that's it yeah okay
0: or thursday thursday yeah thursday that's is tomorrow. good yeah. tomorrow oh Appreciate this it. is running wednesday Jesus, I hate this. Okay, have a good day. You too. I love your work.
1: Yeah, I love yours too. Lachlan Cross, 957 Cruise FM in Edmonton. That's where you can find them. At Lachlan Cross on Twitter. Thanks to our friends uh, at Muse Massage Spa for making this possible. Go to Muse Massage Spa for more details on how you can go and visit them at the number one body rub parlor in the entire country. That's right, not just Toronto. 1290 Finch Avenue West, the whole country legendary service, legendary attendance, legendary owners, Emily and Riley. We've got a great podcast called Muse on the Mic. Go and download it anywhere you get your fine podcasts as well. Uh, they'll take you inside the body rub industry. They're advocates for the women that work there. They're advocates for that work. They're advocates for human beings, and they teach you a ton. Both sexologists, highly entertaining, highly credible, And really good business people. So go to musemassagespa.com. Go visit them at 1290 Finch Avenue West or download their new podcast called Muse on the Mic. It's good and it's titillating, as they say. Uh, Thanks to our friends at CanTorque for making this possible again. CanTorque out of Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. They make rugged, hardworking torque wrenches. Canada's leading industrial tool experts. They get you the best in sales, service, rentals, calibration, maintenance, and custom fabrication of industrial torque tools. Doesn't matter what it is. From tool rentals, calibration, service, and repairs to custom fabrication and distribution opportunities, Cantorque offers a complete range of services and products, making them your one-stop destination for all your bolting needs, saving you time and effort. Go to their brand-new website, cantorque.com. Again, brand-new website, cantorque.com. And check them out today. You can see a litany of their expertise, a whole bunch of products that they carry. You can see their services, and you can actually contact Colin and maybe even become a distributor for Cantor products, the best in the business out of Canada. Everything they do is in Canada, including their manufacturing out of Edmonton, Alberta. Uh, go and visit them online today at Cantork.com. And, of course, brought to you by our friends at Ed's Fine Imports, his luxury-branded underwear, Gitch, G-I-T-C-H. Huge seller on Amazon now. Massive. G I T C H three, that's your promo code. Go to Ed's fine imports.com, though, uh, and he'll give you a free pair. You can't get that deal on Amazon. You can't, but you can get it at Ed's fine Gitch three, that's your promo code, Gitch. And then the number three, when you buy three or more pairs of these luxury boxer briefs, pouch in the front, super breathable, barely their fabric, they move with your every movement, moisture wicking. And by the way, the fabric in the front, it's a little bigger for Canadian dudes. They had to do it. Anyway, go to Ed's Fine Imports. Use Gitch3 as your promo code. He'll send you a free pair today. Massive online store, too. So if you're looking for some last-minute Christmas stuff, they got some huge deals right now. If you go to Ed's for that young man or man in your life. Doesn't matter. Ed's Fine Imports.com. Gitch3 is your promo code. Brought to you by Gitch. Have a great day. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year, depending on what you celebrate. I don't care if you do. I don't really celebrate Christmas. Well, we do the tree. We do the gifts. But it's not Jesus' birthday in his house. No, it isn't. So, happy holidays, everybody. See you tomorrow.